This is the Steelers Standard on Steelers Nation Radio and Podcast on Steelers.com. Steelers got an inside backer problem. It's funny. All year long, we kind of thought that that position was doing better than expected. And it really never was. Lo and behold. It really never mm-hmm. was. Because this kind of talking t- ourselves into a false narrative there. I, maybe just because Miles Jack was doing well earlier in the year at, you know, being kind of like that vacuum cleaner in the middle, making a ton of tackles. Maybe it's because Devin Bush hadn't played as bad as we've seen him play recently this year. Maybe it's because Spillane has started to play more. So just an increase in snap count just makes you think he has to be doing something better. But that statistic we referenced on Wednesday's episodes, to just to bring it up again so you don't have to go finding it. Or you could go back and re-listen. Do both. But splash plays, sacks, forced fumbles, fumbles recovered, interceptions. Between the trio of Jack, Spillane, Bush, who have played over like 1,800 snaps combined this year, a ton of snaps. Those three never leave the field, and they've been healthy pretty much all year aside from, from Jack. Uh, dealing with some injury problems, which is expected because he's been injured his whole career. Between the three of them and those four statistics that you can, those four statistical categories you can, you know, assign splash to, they have one combined a Robert Spillane sack against Cincinnati. Right. And, and it's one. not even a Devin Bush or a Miles no, Jack play. It's, it's a, the it's third Spillane. One. Yeah. Or I guess you could say the first one now based on has because play Because he has to play. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, this is a spot that, quite frankly, since the Shazier tragedy happened, has been a thorn in the Steelers' mm. side have to try to fill. To they have not been able to fill it. Uh, this year potentially looked good. Jack comes in, liked him early in the year. Devin Bush maybe realizes his potential a little bit more now that he's a second fiddle and not the guy. And they all three just have fallen so short for me. Spillane, in general, isn't a starting caliber player. Bush, uh, it's kind of to the point now where you're just sick of waiting for him to come around. Uh, The injury's behind him now. It's two years ago since he had that injury. He's just not going to ever look like... I I said earlier this year, I just want him to be average. I don't even know if he can get to that point at this current state of his career. And then Miles Jack, I think, you know, what people kind of warned you about earlier in the season, what people warned you about when you signed him, the reason why Jacksonville didn't want him, the reason why a guy who's probably a top 10 talent fell in the draft, those knees have been a problem since UCLA. And the injuries, I think, have really started to crop up on him later in the season as you get to week 16, week 17, week 18. He continues to feel the injury problems, so... Uh, either way you slice it, any one of the three are below the bar in my eyes. And mm. you can't really argue it. No, you can't. When we have that statistic on the front right. end of one sack between the three of them. I mean, so Miles Jack has no sacks, no interceptions, no forced fumbles, no fumbles recovery. You can play the same to Devin Bush, and then Spillane has one sack. Mm. I mean, you play that position, you trip and fall into a fumble every once in a while. Yeah, right. Cam Hayward tips a ball up in the air and you land, it lands in your right. lap. Cam Hayward, it's, it's almost impressive in a really gloomy way that they that you are can't this take bad. advantage. Yeah. Right, it's like when you lose like fifteen straight games gambling. In a weird way, that's almost as impressive as winning winning fifteen, 15 straight, straight games just because gambling. The, the odds of you doing it's that consecutively, right? Same thing here for me. The odds of 
all three of them only having one sack with those four statistical categories entering week 17. And I like the there's po- just no way that would happen. I like the point that you brought up the Cam Hayward thing. Playing alongside TJ Watt, Alex Highsmith, who's having a career year. Alex Highsmith has five force fumbles. No right. one can jump on them, though. Right. That's the team. That's not just Devin Bush and, well, and Miles Jack. Inside but, I mean, they should be should there. Be sniffing if around Alex the ball. Highsmith is forcing the fumbles, that means that. Bush and Jack should be in the in the general. Your inside vicinity. backers yeah. should always be in the area code of the ball every right. time, unless they're in coverage somewhere else. But what I, the the greater point I'm trying to make is with Highsmith and TJ back and Cam having the season. I mean, Cam having what the last like four or five games that he's had since the bye week. Really, Cam Hayward. We were saying pre bye week was just not having his best season, but still playing great football. But now since the bye week, and especially what these last like two or three weeks, Tom. He's playing some of the best football of his career, kind of reminiscent of the season he had last year when he made first-team All-Pro uh, on the defensive line. But like, He was carrying Raiders into the backfield like he was oh carrying the Well, Franco last flag. week was his best game of the season. Oh, my God, it was I tremendous. mean, it was a no-brainer that he was going to win. I wanted him to pick up an offensive lineman and wave them like the Franco flag while he was running him in the backfield. It was a no-brainer that he was going to win that award. And honestly, Tom, a lot of people were saying team MVP up until that week Probably Minka, but after that week, people are still saying it's Minka. But it's after Minka last week, after last week, you kind of had to give credit to Cam and say no. it's it's a two man race now at this point. But the point I'm trying to make is with all these guys playing on the same defense, like you said, how are Miles Jack and Devin Bush so far below everyone else on this team on that side of the football? I don't know. And again. There's so many areas of need in this coming draft and this coming free agency period. Corner, another defensive lineman, an offensive lineman, but you still haven't fixed inside linebacker. And quite frankly, it would probably be better if none of these three guys were back in the roles that they're <laughs> in this year, but next year, but you just can't do that. You have too many needs elsewhere. And are you really going to throw the dart at the dart at the inside linebacker dartboard again? again? Are you really going to try this again and just keep trying to throw things at the wall until something eventually sticks? Because if you keep doing that and you keep trying there and keep missing there, you're not addressing other areas of need either. So while simultaneously not fixing the area of need that you're currently trying to fix. So that's a dire straits position mm-hmm. for the Steelers, and something I think we're going to talk about a lot in the offseason is how you improve that inside linebacking core. And they've got their hands full this week because you've got to be able to stop the run against the Baltimore Ravens. And I know Hayward had a great game last week. Ogunjobi's been really well. Watt, Highsmith, they do their part. They're going to break into that second level every once in a while. you got to be able to clean things up. you got to be able to make plays. Oh, and by the way, between the three of them, Eight tackles for loss total between those three. Hmm. It's just everywhere you look, it's a very poor performance from that group to the point where now that you see those statistics bared out, their lack of splash, the amount of tackles that the safeties have had to make lately, that might be the most disappointing position group of the Steelers in 2022. Oh, I don't think it's a question because – you look at the cornerbacks who you could say, yeah, they're not great, and you know Minka carries that that secondary, but they're solid enough. You and look I at think the offense- the safety room just elevates the defensive right. backs. In you general. look at the offensive line. You it, were worried in pre- you were worried in preseason because they were really struggling, right? And James Daniels and Mason Cole didn't seem like the veterans that you wanted when you brought them in. 
but look how well they've done this season so far. I mean, yeah, they're not all pros. Uh, they're probably not going to make the. Pro- they didn't make the Pro Bowl. I don't want all of them to be back next year, to be honest with right. you. But yeah. they're better than you they're, expected. They're much better than you expected them to be, and much better than they were last year. And then you can't can't complain about the playmakers on offense. You can't complain about the defensive no, line. No, playmakers off, you know. And you can't complain about the off-ball linebackers because a you have a reigning defensive MVP who uh, was hurt all has, year. Who was hurt all year? But the other guy is having a career, having his best year of his career. Absolutely. So really, it's it's pretty obvious where the weak link is. I mean, maybe you could say special teams because Boswell is having a down nah. year. When Boswell is having a down yeah, year. Yeah, yeah, but I, th- I, I weigh more special teams when the team in general is good. Like if special teams was having a bad year like this, and, and the everyone Steelers else was were doing 10 great, win, eleven yeah. win team, I'd be like, special teams is the thorn in this team, right? Side. And it costs them like two or three wins. It I still costs them stuff that in this yeah. year, but it the sting is a little less because I know the team's not necessarily right. They're seven and eight. Like the year when Boswell really bleeped right. the bed, and they and went you, nine six and one, was it or something yeah, like that? Right. And missed the playoffs that year. Oh, I was really because you could have won teams. some of those games. And yeah, and you the make playoffs. the playoffs, and you were a good team when you got to the playoffs. Right, you, you had you, you had, had Antonio a chance Brown. to make some noise. Yeah, you had, had Antonio. Brown. And you had the Hall of Famer still slinging it at the quarterback right. position. So, uh, special teams for sure below the line this year, but it stings just a little bit less because the team in general has so many other problems to deal with. All right, offensively, Kenny Pickett fully healthy, not on the injury report at all. In fact, I'll go over the injury report real quick before we transition to offense. Uh, we mentioned Miles Jack upgraded to limited on Thursday's practice, so that's a good sign for him, but he's going to be playing through injuries for the rest of the season. Uh, a lot of these guys that showed up on the injury report are non-injury related. A lot of them went to Franco's funeral a couple of days right. ago, so they ended up on the list. But uh, uh, Najee, full participant in practice yesterday. Edmonds, full participant in practice on Thursday. That's good news for Terrell Edmonds' mm-hmm. return to the fold. Pat Fryermuth, full participant in practice on Thursday. Hayward was a full participant on Thursday. Joby still did not practice, but we talked about this last week when we did the injury report. Joby's just going to try to weather mm-hmm. his way through the week, maybe not practice much. He's going to be out there on game day, though. He's, he's going to tough mm-hmm. himself through that injury. A full parta- participant for Deontay Johnson with that hip injury. Uh, Trey Norwood did not practice with a hamstring. So all in all for the Steelers, things looking really good. Things looking pretty healthy as far as Pittsburgh is concerned. On the Ravens side of things, it looks a little bit darker. Elias Campbell did not practice with a knee injury. His game status is still unspecified. Uh, Deshaun Jackson was upgraded to a full participant on Thursday where Lamar Jackson continued to not practice. Uh, Justin Houston hasn't practiced all week, but his designation is just rest for a veteran. So, You'll still expect to see Justin Houston out there. You can apply the same to Morgan Moses, the offensive tackle. Just resting this week. Uh, hasn't practiced at all. JPP, familiar name on the defensive line, was suffering from an illness. He's back to full practice status, though. Uh, Ronnie Stanley, big-time offensive tackle. The Ravens got back for that Steelers game in Week 14, has been resting all week and has been in a limited role. Uh, finally, there's a lot of people on this list, uh, but... Two names that I want to point out to J.K. Dobbins resting, did not practice, but he's going to play. Uh, Marcus Peters missed last week. Mm-hmm. Calf injury. Hasn't practiced yet this week. Mm-hmm. Doesn't look like it's trending in the right direction for Marcus Peters either, which is a good thing for the Steelers and young Kenneth Pickett as they try to get some air yardage against the mm-hmm. Ravens because I think you look back at that week one, Jacob, and they got the ball moving between the 20s against this Ravens defense. 
I know it was Mitch Trubisky, mm-hmm. but you could move the ball through the air on these guys. Yeah. The problem is you have to be wary of the sacks. Kenny Pickett got knocked out of the game because of a sack. Mm-hmm. And you have to be weary of the interceptions. They're a ball-hawking defense. They'll turn you over. Marcus Williams had one. Patrick Queen had one. Roquan Smith had one. Both inside linebackers for the Ravens had more splash plays or equal splash oh, plays man. than and all three game, of the Steelers right. in mm-hmm. the entire season. Mm-hmm. So they'll turn you over even though they give up some yards through the air. And he's been really good at not making those turnovers. So Kenny can can harness some of what Mitch was doing between the 20s and then also continue to build upon his savviness when it comes to not turning the ball over, getting points when you get in the red zone. I think that you can have a pretty successful day for the Steelers offense. I'm not saying that's a successful day for any offense in the NFL, mm-hmm. but as far as this Steelers offense is they concerned, can do... I think you protect the ball. I think you tack on those field goals instead of turning the ball over. Maybe you get one or two in the end zone as well. Mm-hmm. I just think it's a movable defense. The The thing that you have to worry about is finishing drives off, protecting the football, and protecting your quarterback against them. You can put the yardage up on them, especially through the air. Yeah, of course, and I think the biggest discernible difference between Kenny Pickett and Mitch Trubisky is the accuracy, right? The the wherewithal of of quarterback IQ, right? And it's pretty obvious. I I saw this on Twitter. Um, I think the highest QBR since Week Twelve for among all NFL quarterbacks, Joe Burrow is first, mm-hmm. Trevor Lawrence is second, mm-hmm. Kenny Pickett is Kenny third. Pickett's third. And again, hasn't really been that big statistical explosion game yet, right? But it's 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 about not making the mistakes That's that Mitch think, Trubisky yeah. had in the, in that first game, throwing right what it seemed like right to Patrick Queen, Queen sorry, right to Roquan Smith. No, that I mean, is that is the marching orders right now, and he's he's following them to a T. Terrible interception against the Raiders, but you'll have one every once in a while. Yeah, you bounce right. back and then throw another one for the rest of the game. And then through through the game when he touchdown pass against the Raiders. So, but I think another thing too, Tom, is you got to get more than one drive. Exactly, that's where I was going next. That the marching orders right now is protecting the football, and he's doing that well. But eventually, the next step has to be all right. Push the ball down the field more. Yeah, do it more Take than more once. Shots. Do Let's it more have than a once. Couple of drives that end in touchdowns. Let's have a drive that's only four plays long and ends mm-hmm. in a touchdown. Oh, absolutely. Something I'd love like to that. see that. Yeah. I mean, that so. was the Steelers' bread and butter and the peak killer, killer bees errors. Yeah. yeah. But also, too, Tom, like, have a drive that's a steady driver or a drive ending in a score more than once and have it come before the very end of the game. Like, right. Yeah. And I mean, like, the, it's great to see that Kenny Pickett is able to step— On top of that, step, finish red zone drives off right. with touchdowns. It's, it's great to see that Kenny Pickett was able to step up and the and the and the scenario that he was in on Saturday night on Christmas Eve against the Raiders with Franco passing and the game on the line, great to see that he can lead another fourth quarter comeback drive or go ahead touchdown drive, but maybe don't force him to be in that position this week, right? Like, okay, if it comes down to that this week, he's done it before. Hopefully, he can do it again this week against the Ravens. But maybe don't put yourself in that position. Maybe just play with the lead the entire game. I mean. We we've been pointing Those out are undefeated when they score first. Well, we've been pointing. I was I'm glad you went there because that was the point I was going to try to make. Huh? No, they broke that, it that's last what I'm week. Try, that's yeah. what, you you <laughs> you got, got there right before I could. All season long, we've been saying the Steelers are undefeated when they score points first, and they're winless when the opponent scores first. First, except this past week, 
they, they broke that. Yep. The Raiders uh, had the first touchdown drive of the game, but the looked Ra- like they invented football as they were marching right. down the field. And then the Steelers on defense completely stifled that Raiders Three offense points from then on. Yeah, right. And then the Steelers offense kind of chugged away some missed field goals here and there. It stunk. Let's be honest. It stunk. But they for got the game fifty-seven minutes. They got man. the game-winning drive when it mattered. It, it did, and it looked great. And you have these drives every game, like one of them that you right. can point to. You'd think that you'd be like, look, like what is working on these? On this can drive. we apply this to Let's, more aspects right. of the game? And it's just not able to translate for your Steelers this year. Um, protect Kenny Pickett at all mm-hmm. costs in this game. We remember the Roquan Smith hit that hurt him. Pretty violent move from Roquan but Smith. But it's a football move. It's a football you know? move. But the the problem on the play was the miscommunication with Dotson and Cole, mm-hmm. where they both just parted like the Red Sea, mm-hmm. and, and Roke, mm-hmm. or Patrick Queen, I think it was, just flew through to the backfield. It forced Kenny to have to roll to his right where Roquan Smith was waiting for him and threw him to the ground. So protect Kenny offensive line. Uh, I think Kenny is showing his pocket awareness improving every week, his willingness to throw the ball away, and his willingness to get out of pressure with his feet is something that's a strength for him and it becoming a strength for him, but even he can't do anything about a straight-up miscommunication like that where you just split open and Queen comes untouched up the middle. Make sure your assignments are sound. If they get a sack on Kenny, you got to make him earn it. It can't be easy like that because that's how you get your quarterback hurt against a really hard-nosed defense like this. So you got to, got to, got to do a better job at protecting Kenny Pickett in this game because... They're gonna it hit could him. cost you the game. It could, and they're going to be violent with him because right. you, you don't think Roquan's sitting in the meetings right now saying, hey, you throw him on the ground a little extra hard, he might have to go into that blue tent and never come back. Well, one thing that I saw this week, Roquan Smith, right, brand new, maybe the new, I mean, you could say the newest member to the Ravens-Steelers rivalry just because he came in this year. He came in midseason, and he was saying— all these guys now who are playing in the league grew up kind of when you and I did, Tom. They watched James Harrison and Ed Reed and Ray Lewis and Heinz Ward go after each other, hit really hard and make games very physical. They watched Mike Tomlin and John Harbaugh try to outcoach each other, right? They, they grew up in the peak of the Steelers-Ravens rivalry. All these guys know what this rivalry means to these teams. So absolutely, even guys like Roquan Smith, who literally just joined the team— mid-season know what's at stake and know these games are always going to be more physical than any game they play for the rest of the season. So absolutely, priority number one on offense has to be protecting Kenny because they're going to come after him with, with with full steam ahead. Roquan Smith just seems like a raven, right? Seems like a guy that the Steelers would have loved to have, and he inevitably, well, let's just say inevitably this. ended up on the Ravens. All Ravens feel like Steelers, and vice versa. And vice versa, right. I, I think they're very similar teams. Uh, I'm going to be really interested to see what happens with him in the offseason. He's going to stay free or, agent. Right. He's going to command a lot of money. Oh, yeah. Especially Ra- now that the, how his season has unfolded with Baltimore. I, I think the Ravens are going to sign him. I don't see why you gave up the capital you did to just have him as a, a rental. Was it him or Robert Quinn who had the 18 sacks last year? Quinn. Quinn? Okay, Quinn so. The 18 sacks. But still. Philadelphia. Right. But still, even though he wasn't the guy to do it, still having a great season in Baltimore. Yeah, going to demand a lot of money in free agency. Just don't see why the Ravens would have made that move for a rental. They yeah. want their inside linebacker of the future. I feel like they did do a rental like a season or two ago, though, and they let the guy walk on defense. I doubt he would have been a 25-year-old up-and-coming inside linebacker. Yeah, maybe. 
I hope that they treat him as a rental. I hope he makes it to the market because I would throw everything at him if I'm the Steelers. I mean, that's that, the missing that, that piece, right? That fixes your entire I mean, you, you thought game. two seasons ago that, oh, God, our, our, Joe, um, what's that guy's name? Schobert. Joe Schobert. I mean, so forgettable that he played on this team a season ago, and I've completely forgotten his name. You thought Joe Schobert was the missing piece. Didn't happen. You thought now this season, Miles Jack was the missing piece. For a time, you thought it was working, and then eventually it kind of faded. Roquan Smith, without a doubt, right? You can't, there's no talking yourself up into it and and kind of creating this false positivity for just to kind of give you that scapegoat of, okay, this will finally have the answer to, to the Ryan Chazier uh, hole that we've been trying to fill for all these years. Without a, without a doubt, Roquan Smith is a cut above Schobert and Miles Jack. But I, I don't know if, I, I'd be hard to see him they're gonna keep not him. not be pursued again by Baltimore. They're gonna keep him. Yeah, he, right. It's just it doesn't make any sense for him to be a rental at this point. They they want him for years uh, to come. One thing that the Steelers need to do better against the Ravens' defense, according to wide receiver Deontay Johnson, it's being better against the zone. They got a lot of zone looks. They need to be better at busting those zones coverage schemes that the Ravens are gonna employ, and that's a different kind of Ravens defense than you've seen for a long time. Wink Martindale. Man-to-man coverage and blitz the hell out of you. Now they don't do that as much. It's a lot of zone coverage for the Ravens, and uh, that's one thing that they need to do a lot better, uh, according to Deontay Johnson, is busting that zone. And another interesting thing about these Ravens, last week only two corners played all game. Brandon Stevens and Marlon Humphrey. Mm. That's it. That is it. It. Other than that, no other cornerback saw the field. In 2022... You don't do that in the NFL. So we'll see if that continues to hold serve into this week. Uh, but they do some interesting things with that. Like Kyle Hamilton will bump into the slot mm-hmm. now and, and play that slot corner spot. So they're an interesting defense. They're a unique defense. They're not as you know unique as the Wink Martindale style was for years and years. But they're, they're a different kind of uh, a breed. And when it comes to the Steelers and beating the zone... Who do you look at on that offensive side of the ball and say that's your zone buster? No, I agree. And and really, Deontay's your man buster, right? Really quickly, just because I thought of it, it was Yannick Ngakwe. Who? Yeah, see again, older guy, but still, uh, 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 he was only twenty seven at the time. But when I'll he got, you, when he signed him, but right now they got Campbell, they got JPP, who's old, but they got guys on that defensive on line. the defensive line that could. They could do without Yannick Ngakwe. I'm I just think saying, Patrick like, Queen's the number two. They don't want to make him the number one again. I guess so. Anyways, back back beating to your, the zone. Right. I you know Deontay's a man beater. He's going to beat up on guys with his incredible route running. Mm-hmm. And that's not to say he can't beat his own, but I think Fryermuth is a guy. And this is just stereotypical of tight ends, but settle down in those soft spots of the zones and. Death by a thousand paper cut him, you know, eight yards, mm-hmm. seven yards, six yards. Just find the soft spot, find the pocket in the middle of the field, take on a defender. I mean, you saw him do that on the final drive yeah. last week against the Ravens Naji or the Raiders, sorry. In the back yeah, out of right. the backfield, find open space in the zone and, and just dump it off to him. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, when you face a zone defense, it's a lot of just taking what it gives you. Like, Tom Brady eats his zone for breakfast because he knows where the soft spots are going to be. He's just going to take what you give him. If you're only going to give him like five or six yards here, I'll take that three more times and get a first down until you eventually have to come up a little bit 
and there's a weakness in the backside of your zone. And now I'm hitting Edelman. I'm hitting Chris Hogan 80, 80 yards down the field. Uh, put Pickens on routes in the middle of the field. He ran a route in the middle of the field against the Raiders, and it was a touchdown, and it mm-hmm. was a post. Do that hey, more. You're so it, up we're in the calling air. it a post. Calling it a post. Do that more. Okay. Get them more. Yeah, absolutely. In the and find that soft spot in the zones with the Friermuth, with the Pickens, and and take what the defense gives you. Don't try to force anything. I don't know. I don't. I don't think Kenny is a guy that forces. You know what I mean? Like he's not going to make. Uh, at least I hope. And he and. To be honest, Tom, the the sample size that we've gotten since the bye week, it doesn't seem like he's a guy who's going to force himself into mistakes. Mitch was trying to force the ball to Fryermuth in the middle of that zone, which you don't Both mind. Times he yeah, got you don't picked mind. off by Roquan yeah. and Patrick Queen. I do mind it. When well, you're I'm going just saying, like get getting the ball off. to 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 Pat in in middle yardage situations. No, it's the right idea. But what you're kind of saying is that Pickett has shown the ability to process the game already at a level where he'll see Pat not get a good release on the line and maybe won't throw that ball into the middle of the field. Maybe he just runs it. Maybe he throws it into the popcorn vendor. Mm -hmm. I mean, I I don't know, but I hope that Kenny's ability to protect the football that he's shown since the bye week translates to a much better offensive output against this Ravens team than you saw in week 14 where they only scored 14 points and Mm -hmm. Seven of those came from that Fryermuth touchdown. I mean, desperation. Tom, I'm gonna say this because we harp on it so often. It wouldn't shock me if 14 points is all you get out of this offense again this week. Is that enough to win? That's the question, right? Like we, we I think it might be. We've said week after week for this team. Oh, this has to be the week where they break. You know, three touchdowns in a game or four touchdowns in a game. This has to be the week where they break 30 points in the game. You know, the only time they've done that was against Cincinnati, kind of in garbage time. And ever since that Cincinnati game, when they've won four of their last five, the Colts, they put up 24. Not bad. I mean, they're best by far. 19 against the Falcons, 14 against the Ravens, 24 against the Panthers, and then 13 against the Raiders. Like, they, they we think, like, we kind of talk, again, we talk ourselves into saying they should be able to do this with Kenny healthy and and hopefully playing the entirety of the game, they have the ability to to kind of use that zone zone offense to really exploit the Ravens defense and put points on the board. It's just that's just not how they kind of that's just not how they work. You know, they they kind of they're not a big splash play team. They're, they're gonna kind of chip away at you, like you said, death by a thousand paper cuts, just eight yards, seven yards, nine yards, just over and over and over and over. One thing I'm worried about too. Is the running game being abandoned? Yeah, just be, it's three it's carries what you saw for Najee in the second half yeah. against the Ravens. The Ravens not only f- are third in the NFL as far as rushing defense is concerned, but only two teams see the run less than the Baltimore Ravens. Teams just decide not to run on them. You saw the Steelers wave that white flag against the Ravens last time around. Mm. Even if you're not getting much success on the ground, I would still like to subscribe to the voluminous running theory where you're still giving them carries. You're still making them respect the run. Make them stop it, you know? Just because they're doing... Just because nine times out of ten they are stopping the run, maybe that tenth time you break it for 15 yards, and that's exactly the breathing room your offense needs. So I'm not expecting a 100-yard performance from Najee. I'm not really expecting maybe even the whole team to get much further along than 100 yards on the ground total. But, but don't quit on it. it. Yeah, don't quit on it. it. Don't become one-dimensional. That hurts your team. Because that'll force... that'll. 
lead Kenny into saying, well, I got to put the ball down the field, and that could lead him to forcing errors. Subscribe to the Mike Tomlin Game Day Podcast. Steelers Digest editor Bob Laviola talks with head coach Mike Tomlin about the upcoming game. New episodes drop every single game day, and they're available on the Steelers mobile app, the iHeartRadio app, and wherever you get your podcasts. Fireside Friday coming at you next. Usually like to talk about the AFC North teams to start that off. We got some other games of much more importance when it comes to the Steelers and their playoff hopes. So we'll break down all of the playoff hope Steeler games Mm -hmm. to start things off and then take a look at the rest of the week as well. We'll make our triple play picks and tell you which game needs to be flushed down the toilet for the Puke Bowl this week. That's all on the way. Coming up next, he's Jacob Recht. I'm Tom Opperman. You're listening to the Steelers Standard.